0: Welcome to Fintech Fun. Fintech Fun is a podcast where Australian fintechs come to share their stories. Hi, it's Chris Titley here as part of the Fintech Fun podcast series. I'm joined by Dan Rudder and Josh Lehman, uh, co-founders of Digital Surge. Thank you for making the uh, effort to come to Newstead here in person.
1: Thanks, Chris.
2: Thanks for having us.
0: Now, Digital Surge. Let's go back to the early days, the beginning of the company, um, uh, how it all began, and how you guys met and that first kind of incorporation
2: as a company. Yeah, sure. So we started Digital Surge back in 2017. Uh, back then, there wasn't really much platforms or, or easy way for people to buy and sell cryptocurrency. Um, we started off as a bootstrap startup, um, working out the garage, um, you know, trying to work out how to build a product um, and find product market fit. The first iteration of our product allowed people to buy and sell Bitcoin very easily. And as crypto market constantly moves and is always evolving, um, we continue to develop our product. Uh, we actually went through the QT Accelerator program and that's how we met Yotam. He was our course coordinator. Um, in Yotam's co- actually here by the way, but uh, give us a wave. <laughs> He'll be relatively silent during the podcast, he might drag him in, we'll see. And uh, Dan and I, we've known each other for probably close to 10 years now. Um, we used to work together, before we started Digital Surge, as um, IT consultants. I'm um, looking after uh, business networks, building secure systems. So, strong background in technology, Dan had a strong background in management. Uh, we had some moderate success in the early days. Um, And we went through the QT Accelerator program and, um, you know, expanded our knowledge and our network. And we started to iterate on the product. We found that after speaking with our customers and being a lot more involved in the industry, we found what people wanted. So we went back to the drawing board and was relatively quiet in the market. We sort of pulled back our marketing activities and rebuilt the platform from, from scratch. And it significantly changed. Uh, we launched that in, was it the end of 2020, Dan? Yeah, December 2020. December 2020. And um, we had month-on-month growth as soon as we launched because the platform changed from being able to buy Bitcoin and Ethereum to 100-something and,
0: and different ones that have merged over that period of time. COVID, yeah. Et
2: we redeveloped the whole dashboard, um, built portfolio, a significant improvement from the previous iteration of the product. And month on month, we were, we were growing quite significantly. And I reached out to Yodam, because um, we just didn't have the capacity or bandwidth in, in, in-house with the team we had to manage the marketing, manage partnerships. So he came on board as an advisor, um, helping us to grow the team. So he was looking after certain so areas of the business, the marketing and helping, um, doing interviews to scale the team. And we just continued to grow and grow um, month on month. And then Yodam actually came on board full time. So from our advisor at QT to now our head of operations, it's uh, a nice little circle. Um, And up until the FTX saga, the business was doing very well. We had some of our strongest months on record for trade volume, revenue generated um, up, up until the... You know, we had to go into administration. Uh, we were really heavily focused on the partner industry, SMSFs in particular. Um, we were the leaders in the industry at the time. Um, we had the most data integrations. We were getting thousands of M- SMSF clients, high net worth individuals as we we're looking after partners. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of the brief history of how digital sturge began and, and, and a small evolution of up until the FTX saga.
0: Yep, and Dan, when you went live with that the, the product in sort of 2020 with all those cryptocurrencies, and and you, th- there is a you know a business that you're in full time, and you're seeing accounts opening. I mean, what was the what was the feeling like at the time then in regards to um, you know a broader acceptance of of cryptocurrency and and what you're doing is is providing people an opportunity to you know improve the value of their wealth.
1: Yeah, we spent a lot of time trying to find that product market fit. It took us about 12 months to actually release something to the public, um, and we saw an immediate uptake, which was which Do you was remember great. that first day, by
0: the way? That first we'd Certainly do. T- tell yeah. us about the first day, mate.
1: First day, um, well, I, I guess it's probably more the first week. Um, the numbers of user accounts were increasing as ex- exponentially. Um uh, at the time, it was the three of us. It was COVID times, so we're all working from the the shed, uh, working from 6 a.m. to 12 midnight every day of the week, trying to. Um, it was the the 20. It was a bit of a, a bull run at the time. Um, banks were breaking because there's too many deposits coming in. The uh, verification systems were breaking, so all crypto platforms were. Uh, failing to be able to onboard the number of users. So we were then creating manual approaches to be able to onboard them as quickly as possible um, just to get customers operational and mm. uh, give them the ability to I train. think someone
0: talked about in a previous podcast, uh, Doge Friday, I think it was, Elon's tweet. Yes. Is that, uh, mm-hmm. Do you remember that day?
1: Uh, I do remember that day. That was. I mean, those days are fun. Um, I mean, it's super busy and you don't know what's happening, but you just make sure you pull every, every stop out to be able to keep the service up and keep it operational.
0: Yep, and and yeah, the name Digital Surge obviously saw a bit of a surge
2: digitally from a, a cryptocurrency. Where did that come from?
1: Sure did. Um, so that was um, that was Josh's. Um, yeah, there's right a that bit that? of a
2: play on words. So digital meant digital currency. Surge is like you know it's 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 gonna you know be an upbringing or uprising of yep. cryptocurrency. And 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 from um, the user point of
0: view and the consumer point of view, it was all reasonably new. Even though you'd been in the industry for for many years now, and and sort of had seen sort of the, the, the uptake of, of what cryptocurrency can do um, from a person that trades on your platform. You, how, how do you help them through the sort of the, the, the rocky roads, the volatilities to say, well, you know, this is what it is, this is where your money
2: is going and, and this is the, the practical use? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely a challenge um, because it is it's quite a complex and new technology and there are so many different cryptocurrencies and different underlying technologies and the way that they work, it's not necessarily very forgiving. Um, you know, as crypto, you can be your own custodian, but you know, you can also lose the crypto if you send it to the wrong address. And there's a lot of things to take into consideration. So, when we're building the product, we're always focused on the customer first and about the customer and user experience. So we've that's been reflected in the different things we've done. So from when we design the product, we're always thinking about The customer first what would their experience be like using this and how can we try and distill it and make it as simple and easy and intuitive as possible and then we wrap that around with our live customer support when we first started the platform our competitors at the time they didn't have much uh, capability of interacting with them except via ticket system or email so we spent a lot of time Working on building the transparency, publishing our faces, our photos of who we are, yeah. what our background is. We implemented our live chat system. So is it safe to us deal on the there? What's who's behind it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of cryptocurrency platforms out there where there's no details about who owns it, where the office is located. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, who who are we kind of dealing with? Yep. Um, yeah. And, and then and then
0: moving forward to to recent events, um, you know, from afar, I see. You know, FDX play out in the press, and then and then I see in the press, you know, digital surge is sort of caught up in it all. But from a a person that's not overly familiar, do you want to give a bit of an a, a, an overview of what essentially happened during that period of time?
2: Yeah, sure. So, I mean, it probably helps a little bit to understand how a business model works. So we act as a cryptocurrency broker, which means that. When you buy a cryptocurrency from Digital Surge, we use our technology to find the best available price, and in order to do that, we pair into a whole bunch of different marketplaces around the world. Um, and we and is that a
0: specific sort of IP or yeah the it's algorithms? Something.
2: That's kind of you know that it's your secret yeah. source. That's right. So it's our own IP that we've developed over the years. Um, we've been heavily involved in cryptocurrency trading and. One of the things that we find in cryptocurrency is because there's not one central authority that dictates the price, you see different prices across different markets. As opposed to the Australian stock exchange correct? Which is for shares locally. Yeah, there's yeah. there's hundreds or if not thousands of different marketplaces out there. So the prices vary between those exchanges and our technology analyses all of the different markets and finds the best possible combination. So that it allows us to Give our customers better pricing, um, and provide just one simple place to come to 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 buy and sell a cryptocurrency. And then we obviously do a lot of trading on those platforms, so we get hot better discounts on fees and rates as opposed to customers. So vol- volume-based rebates, essentially. Yeah, it's based on volume and other yep um, other factors. And it's also the way the technology works is that we can route the orders. Not directly from say if you're buying Bitcoin with Australian dollars, that might seem like the simplest path, but it may not be the cheapest path. It might be cheaper to first buy another cryptocurrency, then convert that. So our technology can analyze those paths in real time and find that best available route. And that technology we've been developing for uh, at least 12 months. And so it's not an enterprise
0: grade cryptocurrency for people that actually want to that that really care about the price. Like I mean, I'm thinking an analogy, and correct me if I'm wrong like you know, sports betting you've got 15 different bookies, they've all got different prices. You're in essentially trying to get the best price for someone to say, Hey, I want to, The Broncos are going to beat the Dolphins on Friday night. Oh, uh, and it's a dollar 90. You gotta get a dollar 90 with sports bet or something versus a dollar you know 65 somewhere else. Is that kind of in someone's head? That's exactly
1: right. I mean, yeah. anyone can do this um, if they go and open up. 20 accounts and 20 different platforms. Gotcha, get yep. Get their fees low on all those platforms by bringing down the… the FX thing. is another one as well, obviously. FX, yep. Yep. Um, and then managing all of the liquidity in each of those locations. Uh, but most people can't do that because they don't have those volumes or they don't have the time gotcha. or they don't have yep. experience. Um, experience. So we're just creating that management layer over the top. Right, okay. And, then, and yep.
2: also, I guess the secret sauce is that we can go another level deeper by looking at different combinations that may… That may not be directly visible to someone else if they're looking at the price so that technology had been evolving over that period of time and when we decided to onboard with ftx they were the second largest cryptocurrency exchange by trading volume Um, we had been trading with them um, through testing and in another entity for at least 12 months beforehand and we had zero issues with the platform Um, and we engaged with their CEO locally. We went through a month or so of due diligence, being onboarded as a cryptocurrency broker, and I believe our account was opened up on the thirty first of October, and we had sent funds over to the platform in in preparation to plug it into our new tech, and then on the. Eleventh of, And is that what up. happens, broadly speaking,
0: with most onboarding? So there's a deposit or something that you send funds over? Or is that through your platform that you're sending funds through? Like someone's trading and therefore it goes through their system?
1: Yeah, well, yeah. So initially, there's a bit of a due diligence, a lot more due diligence than a standard user account yeah. because we're a broker. Um, and then you need to fund the account to be able to start um, doing some trades. And there's yeah. some other technology uh, integration in the background through APIs to be able to build it into the tech. Um, So there's a fair few steps that need to happen. And how many
0: um, brokers or intermediaries would you trade
2: with, broadly speaking?
1: Um, What are we talking about now? We
2: have approximately five on, but we are continuing to add more. Okay, yep. So that gives a bit of a context, yep.
0: Okay, and then
2: then through that process,
0: you probably heard whispers or rumours of what was happening with FTX closer to the time of whatever happened. In terms of the, that, that weekend, I mean, what talk us through your, your mindset
2: then and what, you, what you're hearing and, and how it all sort of panned out. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we, we had our account open up on the 31st of October and the 11th of November. So it was 11 days between us having our account open and active and FTX collapsing. So that time frame was rapidly, it, it, it rapidly deteriorated. So I think it was the Wednesday or potentially Thursday, we had some issues with withdrawing from the platform. We reached out to the local FTX CEO. He didn't have any insight as to what's happening. He's like, yeah, it seems like the withdrawal stuff, will get back to you soon. Like, yep. like there was no no one knew what was the actual problem um, officially. And then I believe the Thursday morning, um, Sam Bankman freed, made an announcement on Twitter saying they've come full circle. They're selling FTX back to Binance and Binance will basically be taking them over. So obviously that was quite a big shock to hear that. I think Binance then said subject to due diligence. That's correct. And then a few hours later the deal yep. fell through. So yep. um, it was yeah, Thursday or Friday our time, I assume, I believe so, yeah. yeah. So that was a very stressful situation. Um, obviously we were closely monitoring it to see what was happening. And then I believe Friday, Justin Sun from the Tron Foundation slash network said that he's working on a Tron recovery plan. And um, we were able to successfully withdraw some funds from the platform on Friday through the Tron network. So we're like, okay, maybe it's a temporary issue, a liquidity mm-hmm. problem because they've had withdrawals. You know, being such a huge platform that had sponsors – uh, all around the world naming rights to arenas multi The multiple it's still got them yeah yeah so we're like okay you know it doesn't sound great but let's not panic straight away yeah. and then saturday morning they announced chapter 11 yeah. bankruptcy so you can see the condensed yep. time frame then thursday withdrawals having issues friday able to withdraw some funds yeah. saturday morning they're now in bankruptcy So.
0: And it happens quick, and it happened, you know, the last two weekends ago with with, a, with the bank in, That's know, correct, obviously yeah. in, in, in um, reconciliation of all deposits. But then that, you know, we're still shaking two weeks later in terms of the contagion of some of these regional banks. So you know, it all happens out of nowhere. Um, and um, from from your point of view, then um, that Monday and Tuesday, you know, shock to the system. You know, how can you get back onto business, and, and what can you do to kind of reconcile what's just happened?
1: Yeah, that was a big shock to us um a lot of um scenarios we hadn't considered we had to talk to the legal team uh yeah. to find out look what what are we obliged to do um how do we make sure that we can what not cause additional problems with customers uh, maybe stem the flow um, so we spoke to legal experts um, and out of that it was determined that the first thing we need to do is um, pause deposits with and withdrawals yeah. um, so we did that that bought us some time to be able to go through all the legal avenues. Um, So we investigated multiple options. We spoke to other industry players um, about potential buyouts or bailouts, none of which ended up coming to fruition, uh, but it gave us that time to at least investigate that. Um, and then the, the, the final solution was to create a recovery plan ourselves, and yeah. that was through the VA process.
0: Yep, and so the company went into voluntary administration and, and other people came in and ran the company for a period of time and tell us about that process and, and how that's, you know, where we're at now.
1: Yeah, um, so again, this was all new for us. So we interviewed um, a couple of um, administrators uh, beforehand, before selecting one. We wanted to try and make the right decision. Um, So we spoke to three different organizations. We ended up going with Kortomentha. They had the most experience in crypto in Australia, hands down. Uh, They've dealt with multiple. They were actually dealing with the FTX local issue. Um, So from our point of view, we felt like they would be able to come up to speed much more quicker. Um, and they would have an inside knowledge on the FDX side so there wouldn't be double spending and all the rest of it. Yeah,
0: and sort of that that, that track of like correspondence, so to speak, as opposed to hearing it third party and then yeah. investigating, whereas they, if they're acting for the master company or at least connections with the master company, it'd be a bit more streamlined.
1: That's right. And, I mean, we reviewed it. We we knew at this point, look, our hands are off at this point. It's going to be out of our control. We can just put our best foot forward Um let them do their job, um, and then go through the process to come out the other side.
0: Yep. And uh, we're sitting here uh, on the 23rd of March, sort of latter March. When did when did the decision of in terms of coming out of VA and and you re-emerging again? I suppose as opposed to being put into liquidation. When did that all happen?
1: It was always our goal to do that, uh, but the key um, time period was the second creditors vote, which was in late January. Um, So once that was voted on, um, which we ended up getting a 90% um, fall uh, vote for the docker, um, that then approved the docker. And we had about, I think it was about three weeks where um, we had to go through legals uh, to officially put the docker together, get everything signed off, get all the negotiations done. Uh, at which point we managed to do it on the very last day allowed under the… The The rules. The rules. Statutory rules, yeah. That's right. Um, Which then allowed us to get the crypto back the following day Um, and then we were able to um, instigate the Docker within 24 hours. And and reopen the doors again. reopen the doors, allow withdrawals, that's right.
0: And I'll I'll get… and Josh, your, your views on that, that, that day that you yeah, well, wanted to reopen the doors and sort of put the T-shirt back on again?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that whole process, I think it was around eight weeks in total, um, it was definitely very up and down and there was no point in time that we were 100% confident that we would be in the position we would be now because it's the statutory obligation of the administrators to find the best possible outcome for the creditors so they do not work for us or the company and that obviously involves them looking for other people to buy the company and they had other offers so was, you know required us to have a very strong offer that beat any other offer on the table and they obviously kept their cards very close to their chest Mm. and it was only right at the final hour we really knew what the outcome was going to be and um, obviously we were very ho- hopeful that our proposal would be accepted as we believed it's the best possible outcome for all creditors as they will get an initial repayment that's higher than any other offer as well as they'll receive payments back for the next five years so we wanted to not delay the process and we were working in the background in anticipation and had done all the technical work, all the testing and Q a, so essentially as soon as the legal documents were signed, we were able to get up and running and open almost straight away.
0: Just on that key point, you mentioned that the best possible outcome for creditors, and you did mention five years you know, was that something you put to the yeah administrators was, was to say right. that this is our, this is our goal, and bear with us, but you know this is obviously a terrible event that happened, and you've, people have owed money but and, and how did that get sort of received, I suppose, from creditors
1: we um so when we were putting together the proposal, um there was a couple of key things that uh we wanted to be able to achieve, and that was to be able to one return crypto back um There's a couple of benefits there um it's never been done in an administrator in an administration before, um so that was a bit novel um so that's
0: someone that's traded with you that bought you know five thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin and it's been sitting there in the hands of the administrators, and then me, let's say it's me, then being able to then get that $5,000 out, is that?
1: That's that's right. So under normal terms of administration, everything just converts back to AUD, yep. uh, and then you get paid out in the AUD. Okay, yep. Um, but with crypto, there's tax implications on that. Because um, so way- you're, you're putting a sell transaction in theory. Correct, that's okay, right. Yeah. That. Yep. So um, the way it was, we designed it was so that the amount that, of the assets that are available can be returned to customers rather than converting that to AUD and creating a CGT uh, tax implication for the yep. customer, um, that proportion goes back as the assets that they and so hold. so I can sell and buy as I choose? Correct, that's right. So well, you could, a customer could immediately sell and get out, that was their choice. Um, or if they were holding those assets uh, for a period of time so that they could get the 50% CGT discount, they wouldn't lose that on their asset.
0: Okay. There lots of complexities there from a customer's point of view that Yeah. You think yeah. about, right? It, it, well,
2: it's, right? It's been challenging because our ethos is how to make things simple. But with this process, there's pretty strict legal rail guards and guidelines we need to work within. So that's using certain terminology, what we can and can't do, yep. and trying to distill that down to make it as easy as possible for people to digest. And the, the key thing is that the initial amount people got back, even though it was in crypto instead of AUD, it would be the same or more, or it'd actually be more than because we contributed additional money ourselves than if we were in, went into liquidation. Mm. And most people that have crypto, they're expecting it to go up in value over a period of time. So by allowing them to retain the crypto, they still get that advantage, and then the remaining amount that is owed to them is paid back to them as AUD, um, and we chose to to use a five year period because we believed that would be enough time for us to repay everyone back due to the, the way the market cycles work. Um, we expect that there'll be a bull run in that period of time. We're starting to see some market activity now and yep. allow us some time to rebuild rebuild the user base, rebuild the trust.
0: Amongst all that was going on at the time in your head about whether the company will survive, or not survive, but people get <clears throat> X amount of dollars back in terms of recruitment, was there any sort of variability on the cryptocurrency prices at the time for you to go well? Actually, kind of needed to go up or, or not, or was it kind of neutral in the whole process?
1: The well, that was a big factor that we were focusing on because the longer we left the administration, the more opportunity the price could go up or down. Um, crypto you don't know which way it's going to go yep. so our focus was just get the process completed as quickly as we humanly can so that we can minimize any impact by market movements so that was the most control we had so, um, so time
0: as opposed to price really. correct yeah yep. because
1: we can't control the price yep. we could put some sort of controls on the time we just made sure we delivered everything to the administrators as quickly as possible then it was up to them to actually go through their process
2: yeah the longer we draw the process out it just means administrators take more fees which comes out of the funds that are available to distribute
0: true true and then let's go to digital surge 2.0 putting the lights back on and and returning the crypto and people trading again when when was that and describe that day if you can if you can remember it that
1: day um so we'd been preparing for it for weeks, um, so the dev team had been putting in all of the the code that they needed to be able to do the distribution. So we were prepared. Um, the, the the time The thing that was most time consuming was receiving the crypto back, um, because there's, there's 310 different assets that you need to get back, uh, you need to account for, and then you need to rebalance. Um, so we, when we were originally sending the crypto to the administrators, it took five or six days. Uh, but from the lessons learned we managed to get it back within 24 hours uh, which was good um, because they were learning the process as well they were setting up new infrastructure um, so it was new new for everyone Um, and then once we got it back we were able to do the full redistribution and reopen within 24 hours for us at this point this was the unknown like uh, what is the customer base going to look like afterwards? There's obviously the brand
0: of, risk, the correct the, the press that you went through. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's right. So the unknowns: the how many customers are going to stick around? How many customers are going to withdraw their funds to cold storage and then maybe return them later? Um, all in all, I think um, with the retention was higher than expectation. Uh, we had multiple scenarios that we're looking at from anywhere from 100% through to 20% um so we're probably midway in that range um and we've got a, a, a strong focus now to rebuild trust um and there's a few lessons that we've learned through this process so mm. we're we're working with uh, legal teams to be able to try and create a true cust- managed custody solution um so that irrespective of what happens to a business um the assets that are held, are the ownership is maintained by the customer.
0: Right. And that's, you know, probably one of the um, broader issues with cryptocurrency to the main street.
1: Yeah, that's right. And right now, if you look at the way that um, assets are held within a business, um, the assets are the businesses. Um, So there's some real challenges to be able to design a solution that under all circumstances... Um, you're going to be able to guarantee that for the customer. And that's what we're working on right now, um, and that's what we believe that we can uh, create and hopefully propagate to, to the rest of the industry.
0: T- two questions on, on what I've learned in this podcast, which is fascinating, by the way, in terms of the learning process. You mentioned something like 300 currencies. You know, is that is that – do you think that's like rational or do you think that there that, that needs to be 500 or do you think there needs to be like 20? Or In terms of trading volumes, what are the – I could name like three myself, but no. like – there's 307 that I can't name. I mean, are they, you know, legitimately, um, you know, from a number point of view, I'm not saying, you know, up or down, but is that a high number,
1: you think? The 300 we have is, I mean, there's thousands out there. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, right. So as a subset, it's 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 in Australian availability, it's on the higher end yep. of all exchanges. Um, but as to the use case and usability of every single one of them, um, that's definitely open for debate. Yeah, um, okay. And there's yeah. there's projects that do disappear. Um, it's one of the things with crypto you do need to um, be aware of what you're investing in. There is a bit of a learning curve, um, and that's something we do try and help customers
0: with. And then, um, you know, the digital search 2.0, you're excited. I mean, you're back here, you're talking to me, you're telling um your story about what you went through, you went through a huge you know event which put you in all sorts of different directions, probably from your mindset and from your headset and now you're you're sitting here you know allowing customers to trade cryptocurrency again firstly, how does that feel and secondly, you know the next six twelve months and 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 also I suppose a you know four or five thousand dollar kick in the bitcoin price always helps, I would assume in terms of people doing things and being more active
2: yeah i mean the the market increase obviously gets people interested in it again i mean i'm excited that we've got the platform open up again and there's obviously been a lot of criticism and a lot of heat and in hindsight or in mean, just in reality it would be easier just to fold the company up not contribute additional money but that's not what we stand for, and we've been in operation since 2017 for five and a half years, and we've grown and built this business up, and we want to do the right thing by the customers, the best with the best, to the best of our ability that we can. And if we could have repaid all the crypto, we would. I mean, there's a lot of unknowns with what will happen with FTX claim. Um, so we, yeah, we we want to make the changes necessary from the lessons we've learned to, to rebuild the trust. And um, we, I'm excited to, to actually work on some of these initiatives. So we did our, our leadership planning meeting the other day, and we're working through what our goals are for the next three months. And from a product perspective, to me, it's quite exciting to work on these new sorts of systems, which we believe would differentiate us from the rest of the competition in the market. And um, provide some more yep. assurance to our customers that that this sort of thing wouldn't happen again and and the
0: feedback that you've got from you know the retention the customers that you've retained and the the, the activity levels of people that have come and reached out and said good day um, are you sort of you know, wooed by that and, and get that enthusiasm, people that trading again with you.
1: Yeah, it is. There's um there's the quiet majority that generally just provides feedback directly to us. And it's great to hear that come from our customer base. Um there's obviously um the, the noisy minority um that we still need to reach as well. Yep. Um uh we're here to try and do well by everyone. Um and we're 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 glad to be back. Um and really focused on building that trust uh, over the next three to six months.
0: Josh and Dan, thanks so much for coming in and, and sharing
1: uh, your story, which has been a rollercoaster
0: story over the last little while. And, and certainly nice to have you here to chat about the, the future prospects and telling, telling, telling the story as it played out. So I really appreciate that and, and looking forward to catching up. Fantastic,
2: thanks Chris. Thank you very much.
0: For more information on Sub-11, jump onto our LinkedIn or email me, Chris at sub11.com.au. Thanks for listening.